0: yo, oh. yo, yo, oh. Aubrey Edwards,
1: Tony Shivani we bout to party, we bout to party, undistricted got the house now, we gon' turn
2: it up, up, bring the house down, got that big space, pump and make them
0: bounce now, Bouncing like they bossing in the brick. Hey everyone! This is AEW Unrestricted, ref Aubrey and commentator, Spanish announcer, like you do friggin' everything, Alex. And, and, and then you sell a frickload of computers on mm-hmm. QVC. Like you're just and, of, and prayers, like man of many talents this is great. <laughs> and uh step-in co-host of AEW Unrestricted. You you wear that hat quite well, so thank you for being here today. My pleasure. Also, thank you for being here today, Lee Johnson. What up? Big
2: shoddy in the house. Big
0: shoddy. Hey, how are you, buddy? <laughs>
1: Good. How are you guys? Good. We're great. It's
0: early for you, right? It's eight o'clock. We've already done one of these. <laughs> Ooh. She's practically having lunch now, Lee. Uh, totally great. <laughs> Most people are at the gym this early. I'm recording podcasts. So, right. you know, it's just, it's just how you run your life. So I know this is a podcast about you, but I want to start by asking about your mom. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> your mom apparently has a YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, she does. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. And and so, like, she has a video with, with you or she asks for, like, fan questions. And then, like, yeah. it's so, so adorable. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like she's, like, a huge fan. Like, what what is, what is that like having your family be so, so supportive of everything?
1: It's really awesome. I mean, myself and Julia's family as well. They're both, like, super in tune with everything. I love it.
2: That's super cool. So let's jump in and start talking about um, your rehab. How's your knee doing? Obviously, you were gone for a long period of time, and then you've come back with a little bit of a new attitude. So we'll get into that. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but tell us how bit. you're feeling. How, how are you doing? Uh, how have things been since you've come back?
1: I feel great, honestly. I um, it was It was a struggle at first because you always want to jump back into it. And for me, I just didn't want to mess myself up again Uh, I'm really close with Jerry Lynn and he told me he was like hey don't come back too soon don't you know you got to make sure you're ready so I I really wanted to take the time and then Satnam one of the guys that we work with great he actually had a contact and a guy that is an MBA physical therapist so I started working with them about a month ago and man it, it feels awesome I feel like I can do anything.
0: That's awesome. We're so happy to have you back. It's great having Mm -hmm. you around. I'm sure Julia is pretty happy having you on the road again.
1: For sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to be back. I missed it so much.
0: I I feel like that's always... I haven't been injured, thankfully. Knock on wood. (laughs) Knock on all the wood. But I always imagine that's sort of one of the hardest parts is just just the idea of being away.
1: Yeah, being gone. And I was gone for like six months. It was... I've just been going, you know, consistently. I've been wrestling for five years now. So for the past five years, I have just been going. And then to to finally be gone for so long. And then you watch it on TV, you see everyone, you know, it's like, oh, I miss it. I miss it so much.
0: Well, we're very happy to have you back. And then in November on Rampage, you got to challenge Orange Cassidy for the All-Atlantic Championship, which is just absolutely great. I love seeing you get these amazing opportunities. It was a great match. When and like, how did you find out about that opportunity?
1: Oh my gosh, I was standing by the men's locker room, and then Topher comes up to me and he's like, Hey, we need you in the three box. And I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Like, maybe, you know, we're doing some six man, me, Cole, and QT, or maybe like QT's wrestling somebody. Factory or something, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He catches me maybe another 25 minutes because I'm still not dressed. You know, he catches me 25 minutes later and he's like, hey, like three bucks. And I was like, OK. And then I walk out and Cole is like, yeah, so it's you and Orange tonight in the May. I was like, really? Oh, OK, that's awesome. I didn't know that. So, yeah, complete shock. And at this point, it's a little later in the day. So
2: let's actually talk about the factory, because this is kind of a, a new revelation if you will so you came back you joined the factory tell us what that's like especially after your history with training with qt for such a long time
1: yeah it was awesome honestly man we have so much history qt and i uh, not just in wrestling but i really think qt is the guy that made me a great wrestler for tv he he really helped me out with that a lot for me to come back and to join him, especially after being gone for so long. And when you come back, you kind of don't really know what's going on with you. You don't know what you're getting back into. And for that to be what I got back into, I really appreciated it. It was something that I was comfortable with. It was something that I knew I was familiar with. Obviously, we all were in a group once before. So to come back and to just kind of do something with him, I actually really, really appreciated it.
0: It's really awesome. We'll get into sort of your background with QT a little bit later on. But yeah, it's I really like seeing you in the factory just because I feel like there's so many different wrestling styles and now like with the addition of Cole Carter and Mickey mm-hmm. Boy. Oh, God, I mm-hmm. love Camaroto's like recent change direction with the friggin' lollipops. is so awesome. But yeah, I think all of you just have like a good mix and it's like proven because you've all been in a group before.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
2: Yeah, definitely a great combination.
0: We want to talk about your AEW debut, start of the pandemic, during that crazy Atlanta taping day at the Nightmare Factory. Talk about that crazy 24 hours for you and what that was like.
1: That was crazy. So I actually had come in maybe two or so weeks before that. It was right when the pandemic first hit and QT sent me a message. and was like, Hey, I want you to come do dark. So I went to Jacksonville, it was Sean and I, Sean Dean went to Jacksonville and we did some dark tapings there very early on. Um, <laughs> and then The Atlanta tapings, Uh, same thing. QT just sent me a message saying, hey, you know, we're doing some tapings here. At the time, I was working at a warehouse job. So I wasn't sure if they were going to let me, you know, go or whatever because this was an all-day thing. And luckily, the boss I had at the time was awesome. So he was like, yeah, for sure, this is what you want to do. Go do it. So we get there, and we started taping all these matches. And I'm teaming with the guy, uh, Musa. And we do a dark match with the best friends and we come back and Jericho's the first person that greets us. And he's like, hey, that was really good. You guys did awesome. And I was like, oh, man, this is great. Like it gets no better than that in that moment, especially not really sure where everything was going to go. But I still have this picture on my phone of when you're sitting in the back, you can kind of see, you know, them going over like different things like Titan Trons, et cetera, And like my Titantron popped up and I just took mm. this my phone. It was like my first ever Titantron. Yeah, it was awesome.
2: That is so cool. And it seems like you've gotten to be part in such a short amount of time involved in so many great matches with amazing individuals, such as Mr. Brody Lee. Mm, Can yes. you tell us a little bit of how that match happened? And is it true that you didn't even have gear at that point?
1: Yeah, I, man, I did have gear at that point okay it wasn't the best gear and that's where i think T has always <laughs> helped me because i didn't have good gear at all i used to wear like capris i looked so bad and <laughs> it's like, hey you got to get good gear so you know i got some quick stuff made and i wrestled brody and it was it was awesome and after the match aired i remember brody i, I saved this tweet on my phone and he was like well i guess i get to keep the lee now
2: that's cool
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was all uh, yeah, it was awesome. And uh in the same tweet Tony said something. It was like, Well I'm glad that you you left something of him and it was like, Oh that's cool, you know. Tony and Brody both saying some good stuff, it was yeah, it was really good.
0: It's always great when you know that these people that you have a lot of respect for, like appreciate your work, especially so early on in your career. And during such a crazy time where you're just like, I don't know where this is going, but they're shutting everything down and I have to wrestle like 12 times.
1: (laughs) Right, right. 12 times in a day, you
0: still got to
1: keep going. Absolutely wild. It was three days in a row as well. It was like back to back to back.
0: Yeah, that was... Friggin' crazy time, man. That that whole yeah. day was just a freaking blur. That whole week and two week period, man, it was wild. I had completely forgotten you were a part of this until I was reading her notes, but when MJF was was running for office campaign whatever he was campaigning yeah right he was campaigning for something i don't remember campaigning for (laughs) world's biggest asshole as he's he's always campaigning he is (laughs) he's always like pushing for himself whatever but like there was there was a moment like you were in the back and then like he shoves you and stuff and he's like hey you just get out of my shot like how is it being a part of that like how do you keep a straight face in that instance
1: so it was hard to because you know it's max and I, I remember him doing the same thing with Joe back in NXT. And I was just like, oh, this would be fun. Like, <laughs> like, push me, you know, just push me. So that whole thing, we had come up with a few different things. There was, you know, one thing where Wardlow would just continuously bully me. After a match, I wouldn't wear my pin out. So after a match, Wardlow would come down to the ring and just bring me this pen, like, Hey, you forgot this, you know, just different things like that. It was really awesome. Hook was also a part of that. Mm. So it was really cool to see Hook in that as well. So yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was some fun times with that. We had fun.
2: Wow. It's amazing how many little things you look back at now and yeah. truly appreciate the fact that you did that. And then it's just neat to, uh, reminisce upon those days. So let's reminisce on uh, February 2000 or actually 21. Yeah, 2021. There we go. Where you became all elite. Tell us about that moment. How did you find out what was going through your mind?
1: Man, that was wild. I was I was super nervous going into that match. I was teaming with Cody. We go into this match, and I obviously understand, you know, what's going on. I hadn't won. I don't even know what my record was, but I could have promised I lost to everyone on the roster. It was bad. <laughs> Aubrey, you refed a lot of those matches, and we would come back and it was like, or we would see like the match and we're like yep we know it's we know what it is so i think it was really cool to go into that particular time and everyone was ringside there was people over in the stands where you know everyone would sit during the pandemic eras so it was really awesome to get that moment and to have everyone out there with me afterwards cody Dustin, Q.T. Arn, you know, et cetera, were out there. So for me to have that moment after going through so much is what it felt like for at that time had been a year, maybe. It was, oh, it was so awesome. I felt good. Oh, I felt, I felt like the man.
0: It's just one of those awesome things where you you put in the time, you put in the energy, even though the losses keep ticking up, like people recognize the work you're putting in and being rewarded for that just always feels so, so great. We're talking to Lee Johnson here on AEW Unrestricted. Lots more coming up next.
2: And we're back here at Unrestricted. It's Aubrey and Alec talking to the ever popular and extremely talented Lee Johnson, big shoddies in the house. And Lee, I gotta ask you. I know your nickname is Big Shoddy, but you have wrestled some of the biggest talents in AEW, Physically. and you had actually mentioned exactly that uh, Brian Cage was one of the most intimidating that you faced. So let's talk about that.
1: Man, I was—I think I was Brian's first match, right? Maybe. Wow. Okay. Yeah, came in pay-per-view Sunday, match Wednesday. I had no clue what was going on. We were—we used to do those parties during the pandemic. What was it like? Fourth floor. Yeah, whatever it might have been. And we were at some barbecue spot. Oh,
2: yeah. That was a good one.
1: Yeah, yeah. The the barbecue spot. Yeah. And then Tony's just like, oh, okay, you know, Wednesday, you versus Brian Cage, blah, blah, blah. And Cage is coming up to me next. And him and I are talking about these things. And we get in there in the ring on Wednesday. And he's just he's huge. Mm -hmm. He's a big guy. So it was really it was crazy those matches at the time that was just kind
0: of how it was you know was it a similar thing with your match with wardlow yes
1: new <laughs> <Two> big <laughs> strong guy like yeah like what can i do like they're huge
0: take a lot of moves that's the best you can do <laughs>
1: yeah for
0: sure <laughs> let's talk a little bit about your background in uh in wrestling you've been a wrestling fan since the uh, very very young now that we know your mom is such a big big fan of you like it did your mom was she the one that got you into wrestling
1: She was. She was she turned on wrestling for the first time. And the first ever person I saw was The Rock. And I used to mimic everything from who's hidden ass to yeah, candy ass, all of it. I Mm -hmm. I, it got me in trouble a few times for sure. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's just yeah, she definitely turned it on for me the first time. Yeah.
2: And and has she been to Dynamite
1: or Rampage at all? She has. When we've come to Atlanta, she's gone to both shows. That's super cool.
0: So your, your mom got you into wrestling, but like what made you say, this is the thing that I want to do?
1: Man, watching over the years and then 2017, I think it might've been, I was on a super huge New Japan kick mm. and I saw Kenny and I was like, oh, that guy is great. I need to start wrestling now. So it was Kenny for sure that got me wrestling when I started wrestling.
2: I want to actually ask you this because I remember hearing this so many times in the back. There's so many people that refer to you as a young Sting due to your athletic ability. And what was it like seeing Sting here at AEW first off? And what do you think about when people refer to you as that?
1: It's awesome. The first person I actually ever heard say it was Ricky Starks. Cause I do as uh, I do as fire up, I I beat my chest and I came back from the back and, and Ricky's like, man, you remind me of a young sting. And I was like, really? Like that's, that's great. And when he debuted, I had no clue he was going to be there until I actually saw Aubrey running to gorilla position, yelling, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, (laughs) my head. And all I see is sting walking in front of me. And it's like, whoa, like, no, like it was. The biggest shock. It was It was so awesome to see Sting. I remember when I was young, maybe like six or seven years old. Do you remember those fake tattoos? Yeah. Yeah, I would get these Sting tattoos and I would just put them on my body. I, I would have like Sting wrestle buddies. So to see Sting, it was, it was crazy. And to be compared to him at that, it's like
0: awesome. Have you ever like had a conversation with him about it? I didn't have a
1: conversation with him about that, but we did have a conversation about the fact that his middle name, uh, his son's middle name are both Lee. Ooh, so I, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I guess middle name Lee runs in his family. So we did talk about that. Yeah. But I get like starstruck. It's like, I don't know what to say. You see him and then you're just like. You're Sting. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, it's, it's Sting, yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> what
1: do I say? <laughs>
0: I'm actually kind of curious. Would you ever like consider tagging with Sting?
1: Ooh, absolutely. I wouldn't even think about it. Do just it.
0: Paint the face, go. Yeah. Just. Oh,
1: yeah. Paint my face all day. <laughs> I'd wear his old surfer gear and everything all day. <laughs> yeah. I would do it all. Yeah. For sure.
0: I love, I love the young idea sting. of like, young Sting. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. I would do it all, all day. Yeah.
2: That's very cool. So let's talk about your high school background. You were in the high school wrestling team. Is that right? I was my senior year. Yes. It was rough. Did you get into that because of professional wrestling or did you just want to do something wrestling related? What, what? kind of came first?
1: Absolutely, because of professional wrestling. I, I figured that if I wrestled a little bit in high school, it would help me with things like footwork or even just chain wrestling, you know, whatever it may be. So I did start wrestling my senior year. It was rough. It was, man, I wrestled in the 220 weight class because I was pretty big back then. And those guys were kicking my ass. right. Was, it was tough.
0: I don't regret it, though, because I
1: think I needed it.
0: It's always nice to have those moments where like your ass just gets kicked and you're like, for sure. There we go, there we go. So so started in high school wrestling. Eventually, you ended up going to Air Fox's WWA4. How did you find that school?
1: Man, when I was younger, I would just Google wrestling schools near me, and I actually had come across this school when I was like 15 or something like that. 15, 14. I googled it. I put it in an application, and nothing. I mean, I was 15 years old, so. The moment that I graduated high school and I realized that I wanted to start wrestling, I did the same thing. Except for this time, I had a car, so I was able to just drive there and talk to him. And we got started literally that day.
2: And, and how uh, excited are you that AR Fox
1: is now All Elite? Man, I'm so happy for that guy. He deserves it. He's been so good for so long. And even back then, I knew it. And I was just waiting for someone to pick him up.
0: And he's such like a giving guy, the amount of people that like he's brought up through the business. It was just like this, this guy, the whole like, let's pay it back, right? Like this guy's done so much for so many other people.
1: And people don't know that he's trained so many people. So many. Yeah. Continuing on with your training,
2: the Nightmare Factory. So how did you discover the Nightmare Factory? And what was your experience like there training with QT? And isn't it crazy how it's all kind of come full circle right now?
1: Yeah, it's really cool. I think uh, it was twenty nineteen, early twenty nineteen. I did a show called Southern Honor. It was an independent show, and I had the worst match. It was so <laughs> bad. I, I was so bad. And QT was backstage. Oh no! I heard that he had a school, and I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go train. You know, I had. I don't. I really think at that point, I hadn't trained in like two or three months or something like that. You go in there after being gone for like two or three months of doing, and it's an independent show. It's not like I was signed anywhere. So I wasn't consistently getting reps in. So I have this match and it was the worst match in wrestling history. And <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I swear. <laughs> I remember getting to the and just thinking like, oh, I need to train. So I reached out to QT, I think the following week. And from there, I just started training with him. And it's been really good. To see everything come full circle. To go from there to even, you know, what we did last year, storyline-wise with him and I, to now to finally being in his group. Honestly, something that I never thought would have happened was me and him crossing paths in the ring that way. So it's been really, really cool to see we go from there to, to here.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the role that Cody played in your career?
1: Yeah, Cody is great. I feel like Cody, he made me such a different man in ring, outside of the ring. Things like I would be sitting backstage and I'm slouching and he would just say, hey, you're slouching, you know, stand up tall. You know, things like that, that are just things I don't even think about. Man, Cody made me such a a different wrestler. My mindset, he coached a lot of my matches, Uh, even just at the school. Him and I would talk consistently. So I really appreciate him.
0: He's such a great guy and he's touched so many of our lives and just so wonderful to see like the person you've become because of all of these people that are such a big part of your life and both off screen and on. This is super awesome. Enjoying this conversation with Lee Johnson here on AEW Unrestricted. (music) This is Unrestricted, AEW Unrestricted with Alex and Aubrey talking to wonderful and amazing Lee Johnson before we get into fan questions, I want to touch on how when we had Julia on the podcast, she just like casually <laughs> dropped that you guys were engaged. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew, but it was just so funny. And I like I saw it get like picked up by the dirt sheets. Like, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, two AEW wrestlers are engaged. I'm like, oh yeah, no, this is great. She's just like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But the thing I've learned over the course of time is that like both your your family and Julia's family is just so supportive of you and we actually have fan questions from them which is great. <laughs> how great is it you and Julia like how 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 did it happen like you guys are just great.
1: <laughs> oh man, she's great. She's she's amazing. Last year early on she came to the school to train the Nightmare Factory. We just hit it off from there. I She tells this story a lot, and she might tell it the right way in my head. It might be the <laughs> wrong way, though. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I just asked her if she wanted to hang out and if she wanted to get some pizza. And from there, we <laughs>
2: It's a simple zap. it's well, great. Yeah,
1: you want to watch wrestling and maybe... Yeah pizza so from there it just we hit it off and uh her coming to TV and to work every single week.
0: He was, was obsessed with hey! hey
1: look at that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a cameo <laughs> Yeah it was yeah she's she's awesome. She's great. From there everything was just it just went and time has just been going by so fast. Yeah I proposed to her in June. And it was at Disney, but it wasn't at Disney. It was at the place where the Airbnb were staying at because I didn't want to do a traditional Disney proposal. Also, I saw a video on like Instagram or TikTok where a guy had proposed at Disney and one of the workers came and took the ring because it was oh, in I front of the yeah, it was in front of the actual Disney princess house or whatever. So I was like I can't really <laughs> You can't yeah,
2: risk no. that. Uh, no, <laughs> I can't
1: risk that. So,
2: yeah. Although so it would I, have been a very typical wrestling angle engagement, right?
1: right? Exactly. But <laughs> <laughs> I like, can't do that at all. Can't can't have, let that happen. So, yeah, I did it at the Airbnb we we're staying at inside of a Harry Potter room because she made me a fan of Harry Potter. I Aww. never saw it until we got together. So, we did like a whole weekend marathon. But yeah, she's great. She she's just the best, the best thing ever.
2: You know who else is, uh, thinks that he's the best thing ever? This guy named Peter Avalon. Have you heard about this guy? Yeah, he thinks yeah, he's pretty all the time.
1: He never <laughs> leaves my comments. <laughs> 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 Apparently not you guys either. Like, <laughs>
2: Yeah. He actually has a question for you. So bitter. He is. I think he's still bitter because he lost the walk-off. And actually he mentions that in his question. He wants to know when is he getting... His singles match with you so that you can fight. And he's still peeved that he lost the
1: walk-off. We can do the singles whenever. It doesn't have to be Wednesday. It can be Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, whenever. Man, that walk-off was fun. I kicked his ass. He did good, but he like tripped or something like that. Yeah, he did. He was a little crazy. I honestly, wrestle him. And I would do another walk-off with him. Mm. I will give him props, though. His outfit was super-duper nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, but...
0: He's a wingman,
1: you know. For sure, yeah.
0: (laughs) There's there's a reason they call him Pretty Peter Avalon. He's uh, He pulls it off so well. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got a question on here. Funny, bringing it back to Julia. I know she attacked the factory recently. Has that caused a rift between you guys?
1: (laughs) You know, every now and then we might butt heads over it or I might see her in the bed and get to the far opposite side because got this in between us, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> House of Black, man.
2: Yeah, don't mess with them. I know that from experience. Oh, same. Actually, I know that from experience because Julia spit right. mist in Pac's face and it got all over my white jacket. I don't know which part of that I'm more angry about. Man. But speaking of Julia, <laughs> Joni Hart, mm-hmm. perhaps you might know her. <laughs> she wants to know what your favorite thing to do
0: in Minnesota is. Have you guys ever
1: been to Minnesota? Oh, yeah.
0: Outside of the wrestling. Like, no, but...
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. There's this thing with Minnesota where, for some reason, only people in Minnesota want to be from there. And they want everyone else to feel like they need to be from Minnesota or you're missing out. It's not true. You don't have to <laughs> if, if you are not in Minnesota, you are not missing. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> actually, there's a <laughs> there's
2: careful a what you say on, now.
1: I know, right? <laughs> there's a place called Pizza Luce, and it's delicious. They have a uh, baked potato pizza. So I think my favorite thing oh. is to go and get that. Yeah, it's awesome. If you've never tried it, definitely get it.
0: My friends who are from Minnesota praise Tater Tot Hot Dish. I don't know if that's something that you guys eat. No, I've
2: never heard. What is that?
0: It's uh, like a casserole where the primary ingredient is tater tots. That sounds amazing, right? Yeah, yeah, no. So we're we're gonna have to have a tater tot hot dish investigation the next time we're in uh, Minneapolis. Love it. I, I don't know if it's a Minnesota thing, but like I just know everyone I know from Minnesota is big into the tater tot hot dish.
1: Next time we do that, we'll 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 get that. We'll try pizza luce they also have this i forgot what it's called but it's like it's a donut sandwich with like ice oh. cream in it and it's really oh. cool. yeah it's super good
0: oh man wow you'll go
1: to sleep afterwards for sure i'm,
0: I'm gonna gain <laughs> like 12 pounds the next time i go to minnesota uh-huh. sure. i do every time lee jumps the weight class has to come back down and then we go to minnesota again (laughs) (laughs) there you go just so screwed so screwed (laughs) okay we have a we have another question from the Hart family jade Hart asks uh what does julia want for for christmas she hasn't answered me yet
1: (laughs) that's Uh a surprise though like i can't give that away either she's just got to get her something and hope that is what she's what she wants, you know? That's fair. I think that's the key of Christmas. It's, it's a surprise.
2: That's a good call. Now, like Zombie it. Inc. wants to know what your AEW short-term and long-term goals
1: are. <sighs> short-term, um, get as much knowledge as possible. Right now, nice. I'm 24. And one thing Cody always told me was you won't reach your best years until you're in your 30s. So I think right now is get as much knowledge. Billy Gunn, I work with him a lot. I love Billy. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Jake the Snake, I work with him a lot. I, I want to gain as much knowledge as possible. I want to get as good as I-, I can get. There's no better guys to get that from than the guys that we have backstage at AEW. So short-term goes, absolutely get as good as possible. Long-term goes, I- I'm i going to be the man. And that that's it. It is world champion. Uh, I want every title. I want to be the absolute best in the company, in the business, in the world. And those are absolutely where I want to go.
0: Big shoddy shooting high. That's, uh, that's the only way to do it, man. That's it. All right. We've got a question from Derek Lockhart. Who has the most potential and the most talent, honestly, in the factory?
1: Ooh. so I would be so remiss if I didn't say myself and that, <laughs> that's not a knock on anyone in the group but you have to feel that way you have to feel as if you have everything going for you you have to feel like there's nowhere else but you from but to go up so yeah I would be so crazy if I didn't say myself but Cole Carter is going to be so good. Oh yeah. I, I call him my little brother. I, I love Cole a lot. Uh <laughs> Cole is going to be so good. He has so much potential mm-hmm. to reach the sky. So I, I think for sure Cole is, is gonna be awesome. Myself first, absolutely. Cole is, is gonna be awesome though.
2: <laughs> Let's talk about something that uh we haven't really chatted about here. And Pat Maxwell wants to know this actually. Do you have any hobbies like comics, gaming, anything in particular?
1: Yeah. So I love uh, mixed martial arts, actually. When I got cleared to train, one of the first things I did was go and find a place in Atlanta to train it. So yeah, I I love doing, I love watching all of it. Yeah, for sure. Mixed martial arts is right there for me, hobbies wise. I love it.
0: Actually, I wanted to ask a question because I'm surprised we haven't touched on this at all yet. You tagged with uh, Brock Anderson for quite a bit.
1: Yeah, for sure. Mm.
0: And obviously with the Nightmare Factory, Arn being so influential and all those sort of things, like, what was your favorite part about tagging with Brock?
1: I think having the knowledge of Arn and then also getting to see his son work. Man, Arn and Brock, I, I would say Brock is like, his many me, they are just alike, they look just alike, everything. So definitely... Having Arn there for us, I think having Arn alone is the coolest thing to, to have him as manager. But then to see his son work, and his son is Brock is a great guy, and Brock listens to everything that anyone tells him, which is great. He wants to do as good as possible every time. So I think for sure having Brock and Arn was spectacular.
0: Do you ever see them joining the factory? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs>
1: Maybe. We know what Arn is capable of. Mm-hmm. We know he's
0: got that, you know, aggression in him. So maybe. He's already pulling the Glock, man. So big shoddy in the Glock. <laughs> <That's
2: crazy. laughs> there it is.
0: The <laughs> funny story
1: about that actually, because there was this meme going around where I was almost kind of straight faced when it happened. I didn't give much reaction. I couldn't hear anything. So he does mm-hmm. this Glock thing and I'm I wanted so bad. I popped when I watched it back. But, in the moment, I couldn't hear anything that was going on. So I was like trying to focus so hard on listening. I was just like, I couldn't hear. <laughs> so I wish, I wish I had heard in the moment
0: for sure. Such a fantastic moment. and this has just been such a fantastic conversation. Thank you for joining us, Lee. Thank you. thanks, Lee. So great that we got to have you on. I know that you're you're a little bit of an asshole now, but you know, at your heart, I mean, Julia says nice things about you. So I guess we'll, we'll still think nice things of you. So <laughs> <laughs> you can follow Lee on Twitter and Instagram at Big Shoddy Lee. You can listen and follow this podcast. New episodes every Thursday, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. You can watch the YouTube version. See Lee's awesome Christmas tree in the background. Uh, new episodes every Monday. Just search AEW Unrestricted. Dynamite on TBS on Wednesdays. Rampage on TNT on Fridays. And we've got Elevation Mondays on YouTube. Dark on Tuesdays. You can see this guy. You can see Alex. You can see me. You can see all of us here on AEW Unrestricted.
1: Come on, throw your hands up. Let me see you. Unrestricted.
2: Got the house now. We gonna turn it up, up. Bring the house
1: down. Got that big space pumping me.
2: Crossing and the freaks are coming out